Hey, guys. We are going to um, be in, surprise, Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians this morning, and the title is Thankful. And um, again, you guys know I say this all the time. We just usually go verse by verse, but once in a while, we do a, we do a topical. But as I was studying statistics on thankfulness, the only thing I kept thinking was that these studies only just confirm what God has already said. You know, there are a lot of new studies that come out, but the facts aren't new because God already revealed them in his word. And one study I looked at, there's a lot of these studies in particular, but was about writing down what you're grateful for. And half of the participants in this one study did not keep gratitude journals. Half of them actually kept gratitude journals, writing every day what they were thankful for. But by the end of the study, the ones who kept the journals had fewer physical symptoms. They felt better about their lives as a whole. And they were more optimistic about the upcoming week, more optimistic. So when we forget the blessings that God gives and the spiritual riches that he's lavished upon us, then our hearts will not rejoice and we'll be thankless. But when we focus on what isn't, you know, if we focus on what isn't going right and what we don't have, we're in danger of becoming, you know, bitter, upset, miserable, discontent. You know, it's been a few years, again, since uh, we've honed in on what the Bible says about thankfulness. And since we're coming up on Thanksgiving, I just wanted to remind all of us about at least just six things this morning to be thankful for. Now, God's Word, I mean, there's a lot more than six things in God's Word. There are so many verses on thankfulness, gratefulness, and gratitude. Uh, The word gratitude is mentioned 157 times in the Bible. The word thankfulness comes up about 72 times. And if you do a study on what the Bible has to say about being thankful, the study will take a long time. There's a lot in there. Because when we forget about how God has saved us and blesses us, we won't have thankful hearts. Instead, we'll have a heart and countenance that is ungrateful. And what the Lord has been showing me personally as I've been meditating on his word is that when we truly live in the reality that we're saved through Christ, we can't help but be thankful. Like, And really, this is one of the main themes of the book of Colossians that Paul the Apostle wrote. The book of Colossians, it speaks of Christ and the hope of glory that we have because of Jesus. And it speaks of the fullness in him, the unity of the body of Christ, a bunch of amazing themes. The preeminence of Jesus, the necessity of believers to hold fast to him. But there is, there's a lot of moments in this letter where Paul just points out how thankful he is. And so this message from God's word will, I hope, act as a reminder to all of us that live in a world, we all live in the same world. It's bleak, it's falling apart, it's dark, it's difficult, but hopefully it will remind us this morning to be grateful despite world events and individual trials, you know? And as I think, before before we complain about our situation, think about this. I I always, as we were going through the prison epistles, you know, a couple years ago, here, uh, we went through Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. They're letters that Paul wrote in prison. Like, Paul was an encourager. You read some of these, and you're like, there's so much joy there. And he was locked up. He was personally in prison, yet he was still encouraging. And so the Apostle Paul, he said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2.1, he said, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made to only people you like? No, To those who can do something for you? No, (laughs) to all people, all people. So it's so important to cultivate an attitude that is quick to be thankful and grateful. You know, Paul gave thanks for individuals and churches in eight of his 13 letters. 
And so as we focus on who the Lord is and what he's done and what he's doing, you know, he will be, we will be lifted up with hearts of gratitude. Uh, so let's pray, you guys, and then we'll get into the study. And just as a reminder, yeah, next Sunday we're continuing in Luke 21. We're continuing to go through Luke, but let's pray and we'll get into uh, Colossians this morning, Colossians chapter 1. Well, Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that is contained in it, Lord. It, it really tells us about your heart. It, it lets us know how to be saved, how to walk with you. Um, so many truths in here, Lord, that have we want to be integrated into our hearts and lives and the core of who we are, God, so that we would be changed and grow and flourish in the faith, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for this morning, and we just pray, God, that you speak to each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Colossians, we're going to kind of just go through Colossians and, again, look at six things to be thankful for. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. So the first thing is be thankful for others. Like Paul was so grateful to God for the faith of those, uh, of this little Colossian church. You know, if it were not for Paul's letter here, no one would know about Colossae. They wouldn't know about this little city. It was a small insignificant town that was inundated with the gospel because of its thought Epaphras preached the gospel there. So Paul thanks God in prayer in the faith of his fellow and the faith of his fellow believers. And Paul thanked God, you know, for them. And I, I think one of the most encouraging acts that we can do is to thank God for those in our lives who encouraged us, who helped us, who, who keep us honest, keep us accountable. I'm so thankful for those in my life who led me to the Lord, those who discipled me, those who spent time teaching me. I had no idea. I didn't know the difference between Job and Jonah. I, don't, I didn't know anything. But they taught me and discipled me and spent time with me. They didn't have to, but they did. I'm so thankful for the church I was saved and spiritually grew in. I'm thankful for every, every one here in this body. I truly and honestly thank the Lord for each one of you. And uh, I really do. I, this, is, this is a no-brainer, but this church would not be in existence if no one showed up. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I've had those horrible dreams. I don't have nightmares, but nightmares I have had in the past. I've had these dreams where I show up on Saturday and it's just me. It's just me. It's just no one shows up. One time I had this dream I was preaching at a house. I don't know who, it wasn't my house, it was like, in, like a big living room, a big house with stairs, and, um, and I was there, and people were there, there's probably like 10 people scattered throughout, and I started teaching, and they walked out one by one, I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were gone, I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope that was a dream, it was, it was horrible, but, um, but no, I counted a privilege to pray for you all, like when I randomly wake up in the middle of the night, I don't think it's random, I think oftentimes it's the Lord waking me up so I can pray for, for you guys, because we all go through major difficulties. But also, I just again, I just, I'm so grateful for you guys. And, and this week, I encourage you, though, to pray and thank God for at least a few people in your life that, that God has used in your life. For the, for the Lord uses people in order to keep us grounded, established, and encouraged. So thank the Lord for each other, number one. And then number two is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Which says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So be thankful for faith. Like the fact that the Lord has given each of us faith to activate and walk by is absolutely amazing. I mean, we didn't strive to conjure up this faith 
from within us. Like this faith isn't even from us. Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So even the faith we have is a gift from God. So there's no room for pride, right, in the Christian life. Like what a blessing that the Lord would actually give us and bless us with faith in order to go forward in boldness as he leads us. Like if someone gave you a gift, you know, and, and you were just extremely thankful. Thank you so much for this gift. You open it. And the person that gave you the gift said, you know what? I mean, I basically got you the present because it was like on sale at jerk cheap. You know, it was originally $50, but it was only 5 bucks. I got a huge discount, so that's why I got you the gift. It kind of takes the meaning out of it, right? I mean, or if someone gave you a gift and they said, I'm going to give you this gift. I hope it's, you're blessed by it, but here's the list of conditions that you can only use this gift when you this, this, and this. Only when I'm here can you enjoy the gift. Like, the Lord gifts us with faith as we trust in Christ and live for him. He, you know, faith helps us to commit to the things of God. It helps us to trust in the Lord's plans no matter how few details he gives us. And say you were to buy a piece of furniture with a plethora of pieces, um, and, and you open the box, you dump everything out. Maybe you do this. I don't know. You dump everything out. You throw the instruction manual to the side, and you just put it together. I got this. Like, I don't need to open the instruction manual. That's ridiculous. That's for losers, right? And so you try to put it together yourself, and you're done. And then you have 20 extra pieces, right? You have 20 extra. And for some reason, it just doesn't look right. It, it's tilting. It's not correct. You're like... Maybe those 20 extra pieces weren't extra, right? Like, so what do you do? Well, you grab the manual, you take the whole thing apart, you build it according to the plans of the creator of the product that he drew up. The, the creator of the universe has a plan for his children. Like, he instructs us and leads us through his word, through prayer, and then we walk by faith in order for God's will to come to pass. And so when you walk by faith with the, with the Lord, you won't stay, you shouldn't stay in the same place. People can change and do change when the Lord is the one leading and refining. Like back when I was an unbeliever, I was like, everyone, no one can change. I can't, you can't change. No one can change. Until I got saved and I was like, all of this, you used to do what? You used to be what? <laughs> you used to be in prison? You used to, I, I, you're changed. Like that's miraculous. And I think we should annihilate the phrase, this is just who I am. Or this is just how I am. Like, that's a statement that really limits God because he's powerful enough to change any heart in any life. If you say, this is just how I am, wow, you guys are pretty weak if he can't change you. He can, and he does. Because when we walk by faith, we will continue to, to move forward, learn, and grow, and be established. So yeah, the faith that we have is from the Lord. It's not from us. And for that, we can be thankful. And I would just say this week, I encourage you to thank God for the faith that you're able to live by. And number three, you guys, be thankful together. Colossians chapter 3, as we move, move through Colossians, Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So let the peace of God rule in your heart and be thankful for the body of believers that are in your life. Again, be thankful for others. Be thankful together, as we gather together. When you understand and receive the grace of God, you know, Paul the Apostle in a lot of his letters in the beginning, he said grace and peace, because I think that's not, you know, random that it's in that order, because when we understand the grace of God, 
then we're going to have the peace of God. And you'll then have the peace of God within you. Because external peaceful environments can somewhat put a person to ease, right? When you go on vacation, finally I get to get away from all the work and the stress and the difficulty. And it may help temporarily. And sometimes, you know, you look at the advertisements, I mean, vacation getaways, and you see that everything looks beautiful and perfect, right? It just does until you get there. And then, or until you're on your way there. The airport, oh, the airport lost my luggage. Oh, a condo at the beach is really just a hut in the mud. You get sunburned, mosquitoes eat you alive. You realize there are, oh, there are hidden charges. So when I get back home, I'm going to be in debt. Awesome. You're exhausted, in debt, and frustrated. Now, how perfect was that? I mean, my point is not don't ever go on vacation or get away, nor am I saying this happens all the time when you go away. My point is to know that the peace of the Lord is within each of his children, and when we gather together, there's something powerful that happens <laughs> by God's design. And the Holy Spirit works in the presence of God. Again, it's just powerful. I mean, think of the early church in Acts. They prayed in the upper room. The Holy Spirit showed up. Powerful things happened. That's an understatement, but they did. We all have an understanding that we worship and serve that, you know, the God of truth and peace, love and grace. And there's just an environment of unity and spiritual health when the church gathers together that is nowhere else in the world. You're not going to get it at your family gatherings unless you're all believers and you worship together, but you're, there's nothing like it. And we get to rejoice with those who rejoice. We get to weep with those who weep. You know, we're living our lives together on this earth until we get to eternity. So I just say this week, I encourage you to thank God that we get to gather together. And number four, be thankful in worship. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Be thankful in worship. The word grace here is actually also translated thanksgiving. So be filled with God's word. Results, being filled with God's word results in living a joyful, useful, and fruitful life. There are times in my life where I feel so spiritually dry. Anyone ever been there? Pretty sure if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, we've all been there. One day you're on the mountaintop, admiring God's creation of, you know, wow, praising him, bills paid, close to God, everything's great, elated. All of a sudden, the next day, you're an Israelite lost and wandering in the, in the desert, wondering where God is, feeling just desolate. And so when that happens to me, I wonder, why in the world am I, do I, am I spiritually dry? Why do I feel like this? What's going on? Now, I'm in the scriptures an hour every morning in the, in the Bible. I, I study the Bible at least 30 hours to teach two times a week. Why am I not filled? I should, be, I should always be on the mountaintop, right? What is wrong with me? Don't answer that question. I'm just rhetorical. I'm just like, what is wrong with me? You can send me a list later. No, but, but really, when I, when I go through these moments, I realize I, I just need to worship the Lord. You know, I, I, put, I put on worship music. It's like immediately refreshing. And it's like putting a puzzle together. You lost the last piece. That's the most frustrating thing ever, right? You find that piece, you put it in, it's complete. It just feels right. For me, you know, simply worshiping the Lord is what I'm missing a lot of the time. So I end up spiritually stale. And, you know, most of you were here when we did communion probably, I don't know, six to eight months ago. The box was unopened of the crackers, okay? And uh, we took communion, and, uh, the, the, you know, I looked at a couple faces, and, like, and I, I was eating. I was like, why does this taste like this? It was horrible. It was rotten. 
okay? <laughs> a couple people came up after me. I threw all like six boxes away that were unopened, but it was nasty. But we took communion. The bread was disgusting. I didn't know it. We ate, and uh, uh, so I felt so bad. It was, it was gross, and, and the last thing we want to be distracted, we don't want to be distracted during communion. We're trying to focus on Jesus and the cross. And when there's, no, when there's no element of worship or praising God, it can be stale, it can be dry, we can get distracted. And I'm so thankful for my wife, you know, because she is always playing worship, she's always singing, she never sits in silence. I'm a guy that just sits in silence, drives with no music on, some people think I'm crazy, they're like, you want to put the radio on or something? I just like silence, I don't know. But she is nonstop listening to worship, praising the Lord. I so benefit from it because I am, I'm around worship all the time. When I first met Brianne 20 years ago, she was on the worship team singing. So as long as I've known her, she just loves to respond to the Lord in worship. And, and I, get, I, just, I get blessed by it. But I'm so thankful that we get to worship the Lord. You know, you read the Psalms, and you'll see that worship for the believer shouldn't be a once-a-week thing. You know, worship for the believer should be like a way of life. We, we worship with song, yeah, but we also worship the Lord with how we live. With, with who we're praising. Like, I still remember being an unbeliever about the year 2000 after we all survived Y2K. Um, and remember that? And my, my dad and my stepmom, they, they took me to the Calvary Chapel in Folsom. And I've told the story a lot in the context of just seeing the people, seeing the love of God in and among the people. They wore shorts. It was back when Ch Pastor Chuck Smith was alive. They all wore Hawaiian shirts. I'm like, am I at some tropical resort? It was crazy. It didn't seem like church. But one of the things that just got me, one of the things that really affected me was when the worship started, because I had never listened to worship uh, up until that point. And when the music began and the words were sung, I, I just was like, I, I got the chills like I'm getting now thinking about it, and I just began like weeping, obviously trying to hide it because I'm a man, so, you know. But at the time, I had no idea what is going on. Like, why am I getting emotional during this time, during these words that are sung? And I'm just like... It was crazy, but what was going on was that, as I look back, is that God was ministering to my heart, and I didn't know what else to do. I was just overwhelmed in a good way. I'm like, wow, the Lord's working in my heart right now. I, that will forever be a memory of mine, that moment in time where the Lord worked powerfully through worship songs. And, and looking back, the Holy Spirit was definitely working on me. You know, before the Holy Spirit seals you for salvation, it's the word para, which means he convicts you, and he, he, he speaks to you, trying to draw unbelievers to himself. So that was happening, but I'm, I was so thankful. That's the first time I was like, wow, worship is amazing. And this week, I encourage you to thank God for the blessing to be able to worship him. Number five, a couple more. Number five, be thankful in all things. Colossians chapter three, verse 17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Be thankful in Paul, uh, in Paul, <laughs> in all things. So Paul, he's saying to be thankful in word and deed and in everything. And being thankful to God for what others would deem small things is not a bad thing at all. Like, like for me, one of the greatest practical blessings that I thank God for is it's just one of those little blessings. That, and we all kinda, I think we all kind of have something like that. But I, I love waking up. Like when I go to sleep at night, I can't wait to wake up get my cup of coffee, my Bible, my highlighter, my pen. Like, I can't wait to just sit on the couch, drink coffee, pour a cup of coffee, grab my Bible, and just read it, seek the Lord. That's my, one of my favorite times in the day. It's a huge blessing. Or I'm, I'm thankful when my wife and I just get to converse about the Lord. I'm thankful when, when once in a while I study from home and my daughters are elated because I'm actually there. They're not the age where they're happy I'm home, right? And so 
when I'm having a rough day, I'm thankful I get to come here with you guys and worship, you know, and get into God's word and fellowship together. Because sometimes we all have bad days. We all go through trials, you know. It's not just you guys. It's all of us. And so sometimes I'm like, I'm struggling today. I don't even know if I can get up there. But I get up here, I talk, and then we fellowship. You guys, we pray for each other. We, we worship. And it's like I'm always uplifted. I've never left church more discouraged. Like I've always left church encouraged. And so it's not like I need this less than you guys. If anything, I, I need it more, and I'm not afraid to admit that. But we can probably go on and on with all the reasons why we're thankful to God. I love Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in what? Everything. Yeah, everyone say everything. Everything. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Yes, let your request be made known to God. Man, having a heart of thanksgiving as we pray can guard against ungratefulness, complaining, whining, being ungrateful little babies. Sometimes we get in that, those states, you know, like when our daughters were babies, the goal oftentimes was to find out why they were crying. That was the goal. Our oldest, you know, we had to like run water for her to calm down. We probably wasted a lot of water, sorry. But, uh, uh, but, or like the vacuum, we put the vacuum on and they would calm down. Or our youngest daughter, we just had to hold and, and hum like a worship song and rock. And that's what, what got them to sleep. But sometimes we do everything. They, they would change their diaper, feed them, do the things that calm them down, and they were still crying. We're like, what's the deal? <laughs> like, we've done everything. Why are you still crying? And so we would check all the boxes and sometimes they would still keep crying and, and whining. And sometimes as adults, I'm just saying, being honest, like we can, we can sometimes be like that. We can cry and whine for no reason. But I think one of the reasons is that we take so much for granted. You know, we forget what we have and we're focused on what is missing from our lives. And you know that if you were never blessed with anything else in your life, you'd still be blessed because you have all the spiritual riches in Christ. I mean... You were rescued, you were saved, and therefore you have no reason to fear, worry, fret, or complain. You have every reason to be thankful. We truly can be anxious for nothing, pray about everything, and be thankful always with the Lord. And that's the reason. He is a reason. Some would say, well, I'm not thankful for this difficulty I'm going through. And we can, but we can even be thankful for trials that we face because God helps build in us a strength and endurance that we've never had before. If we didn't go through that trial, we wouldn't be stronger coming out the other end. Like, we would still be struggling in that area. In hardships, he opens our eyes to what's truly important. In, difficulty, in difficulties, he instills in us a deeper dependence upon him. It's easy to find things to be ungrateful for, right? I mean, we could sit right here and make a huge list of things that here's why I'm ungrateful, especially when life is tough. Yet God can use opposition, like, really as an opportunity to show his power and to bring our trust in him to the surface. So therefore, we can thank God for everything, and we should be anxious for nothing. So this week, I just encourage you to think of a few th ways in which you are thankful through trials. And the last thing, you guys, pray with thanksgiving. In, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So be thankful in prayer. You know, prayer is one of the actions that none of us feel like we do enough. You know, I say this once in a while, but I've never met someone who's like, just, you got to stop me. You have to stop me. I'm praying way too much. Like, have you ever, I've never heard that. There's never been a book written about that. It's always a book about pray more, pray long, seek the Lord, be, make it consistent, cultivate a spiritual, healthy habit. But 
And yet prayer, it's so incredibly powerful, and it really fosters our relationship with the Lord. You can pray for others. You can pray, pray definitely God's will to be done no matter what. I would tag it with, but your will be done. But what it does, it, it connects us with the Lord, and we draw near to God through prayer, and he draws, near to, he draws near to us. And the word thanks in the Greek, it means to, it means to throw or to shoot or to cast. It's like those confetti popper shooters, you know, that, that they have. You know, you twist, the, you twist the bottom, the confetti comes blasting out of the canister on the person you're surprising. You know, we just did this a couple weeks ago with someone, you know, it was someone's birthday, and it was just like two, two of these things shot in the air and just, were just confetti was falling for days. But what this means is that we should actively be shooting our thanks up to the Lord. Like giving thanks, it's, it's an action word. It is thanking God actively and openly. Notice we are to give thanks from the Lord, not get thanks from him. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we just want a pat on the back, and so that becomes our motivation, but we know that's not the right heart. We aren't here on this earth to get. We are called to give. And one thing we can give to the Lord daily is thanks, thanking the Lord. I would just say this week, ponder that, meditate upon his word, and meditate really upon what he's blessed you with since you've been a believer. There are so many things. Again, making a list, writing down what you're grateful for. If you do that every day for a month, I think it'll change your countenance. If you have a lowered countenance, it'll encourage you and uplift you like crazy. And so the one holiday, though, Thanksgiving, that we get to focus on gratefulness, it's overlooked. You guys notice that? It's overlooked. Thanksgiving has become like the forgotten holiday. Maybe it's because if, if, if thankfulness is promoted, then this is what, my own perspective, but then people would be content and not want to buy all the products that this country is selling. You know, no one would go out for Black Friday or Cyber Monday, you know, because it's like, ah, oh, make them feel discontent so they think they need more. They want you to be ungrateful, so you get out and spend your money on their stuff to fill that void in your life, but it won't, that won't fill the void in your life. Only Christ can fill that void. And again, this is a theme of Paul's letter to the Christians in Colossae, which Thank the Lord for Jesus, the mediator between God and man, the way, the truth, and the life. When you think about the names of Jesus, they're just so revealing and telling. Just a few of them are, there's a lot more than this, but the good shepherd, the door, the redeemer, the bread of life, the alpha and the omega, Emmanuel, the resurrection and the life, the light of the world, the true, uh, the true vine, our high priest, the Christ, the hope of glory. And so just remember, every blessing is an opportunity to thank God for what he's done in our lives. And this week, I encourage you just to pray with thanksgiving. We, we don't just thank God once a year on Thanksgiving Day, but it's a time we have the privilege of appreciating that we are his. We are his, and we're blessed. And I would say it's never wrong to be reminded of who God is and what he's done, for the result will be gratefulness, thankfulness, and praise. So I pray you guys, all of you, have an amazing Thanksgiving. You know, be blessed. May your hearts be filled with gratitude towards God because he's so, so good. Amen?